Welcome back to the DC Beer Show. We are at DC Beer on the socials. Mike, what are you drinking? Thanks, Jake. I'm drinking a Qualified Pills by Suarez Family Brewery. You might not know this DC Beer fam, but Suarez Family Brewery actually ships to the District of Columbia. If you go to drinksuarez.com, yeah, I know. Brandy, you could leave home and there could be a Suarez family brewery box on your porch. Maybe for your birthday, I'll just order you one and ship it to your house. July baby beer. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a nice birthday present? <laughs> it would. Yeah, I, love delivery. I love their now, beer. They did take... God, it's so good. I love their beer too. And they took a little break over last summer because they were worried about the quality of their beer uh, in the heat, shipping in the heat. But now it's, you know, between winter and spring as we're moving into spring, they're still shipping. So right now they have um, like a lager, a pilsner, and an alt, an alt beer, um, which if you listen to our episode a couple episodes ago, we love uh, the alt beer, the doppel alt, doppel alt sticka, which came from Wheatland Springs and Ocelot. So check out drinksuarez.com if you live in the district and want to get in on some of that suarez goodness. Brandy, what are you drinking? Thanks for asking me, Mike Stein. <laughs> I am drinking. Is it is it a high quality H two O? It it is well high quality H two O. Well, yes. Um, I'm double fisting with water and beer, um, as one should. But um, I am drinking this absolutely phenomenal beer from Fabrissa, and I I don't remember who gave me this. Uh, was it one of you guys? Oh, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, this is called Sun Cups, and it's a West Coast IPA with Simcoe and Amarillo. It is, it, oh my God, I can't even start to describe how perfect this beer is, especially with the weather today. My, my July babiness, my, my summer, springtime loving, uh, my, my seasonal depression, I, I I felt it literally just vanishing from my body today with all of the beautiful weather. And then I came home and immediately cracked open this beautiful beer. So shout out to Vibrissa Beer out in Virginia. Go out there. It's, it, this So the Sun Cups is 7%. It's a West Coast, which you know is my my heart uh, of IPAs. I, I, you know, I prefer the West Coast clear sweethearts over the hazy, juicy bombs. So um, sh- thank you to Vibrissa for making fantastic beer. Um, Jake, what's uh, what's going on over there? What you, what you got? What you drinking? So I'm not, I'm not saying I gave you that beer because when I get beer from Vibrissa and their head brewer, Mike McCarthy, I tend to drink uh, it. Well, someone gave it to me. But the, Amar- <laughs> the Amarillo Simcoe hop combination is like it's a it's a storied blend that is the combination that gives you ballast point sculpin it gives us ithaca's flower power um a host of others like the combination of these hops gives off something kind of like almost like cotton candy bubble gummy um fibris is they're killing it it is a one-two punch that simcoe amarillo you know what it's like it's like um it's like, and I'll say, uh, because it's Women's History Month, it's like Megan the Stallion and Beyonce together, oh, right? Shit. Like, you got the Texas connection <laughs> there. One of the hops came before the other hop, 
But as Simcoe and Amarillo are to West Coast IPAs, Megan, Megan and, you know, Queen B are to the music game. It's that boom, boom, that one-two punch. You know what the I mean? Most feared duet. Speaking of Queen B, this Queen B, Queen Brandy of Beasley's Vintage, I'm going to be at a pop-up this weekend on Saturday at the Green Owl, which is a woman-owned boutique design place in Hyattsville. And I adore Hyattsville. It's pretty close to where I live in D.C., but um, Streetcar 82 and Sangfoie Distilling is right on the same strip as this pop-up. Um, and so I'm going to be there selling some. As is women-owned. That's right. Yes, exactly. So come out to Hyattsville. The weather's going to be really nice this weekend. And uh, I'll be there from 12 to 5 on Saturday. So come say hey. And if you come and hang out, I will go gladly have a beer with you at Streetcar and go have some yummy distilled deliciousness from Sang and probably have some pizza at, at Pizza Paradiso. <laughs> so, yeah, cheers. <laughs> Further up that way, if you kept going, you'd hit Baltimore. And so I've got here Joyhound's JJ Sour Ale. It's a kettle sour from um, Joyhound, a newer black-owned brewery out of Baltimore that's brewing at Pratt Street Alehouse slash Oliver Ales. And this JJ Sour is about 6%. It's got a kiss of Cascade hops in it, although I wouldn't say it's a hoppy sour. Um, what it does have a lot of is this um, like orange peel and lavender. It's got a very citrusy, floral, kind of honeyed finish. And for a kettle sour, it's got a little bit of depth to it. 6% is nice. Um, no THP, no butyric acid, which I often see sometimes with kettle sours. Nicely done. And so we're going to talk. We love the beer's void of off yeah. flavor. And I think there's a little lavender in that beer. And you interview, you have the chance to speak with uh, Joyhound CEO, founder, uh, co-owner. Um, tell us a little bit about the interview coming up, Jake. All right. Well, we've got Alfred Rotimi, the owner, founder, brewer, recipe developer. Well, I suppose now it's contract brewed. And hey, let's get into that. I'm here with Alfred Rotimi, the president and founder of Joyhound Beer Company out of Baltimore. Alfred, thank you for joining us on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, and like we're, we are excited to see Joyhound in D.C., I believe now we can purchase it at the Craft Beer Cellar on 8th Street, as well as Trader Joe's. Yes. Also, uh, Wardman Wines. Excellent. Good work from um, Erica and Mark um, bringing, bringing it in. Uh, I live maybe seven minutes or so from Wardman. That Eric and Mark are there, that they sell singles. Um, it's a, a good problem to have. But I figured we'd start with um, your journey into beer. How'd you get started? Um, so I started homebrewing in college in my junior year. Uh, literally, I saw one of my friends get a homebrewing kit. Um, he did it, and I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. Because um, my my background is in uh, biology and also psychology. Um, so I have a big science background. Very, I like to tinker with things, I like experimentation. So I started brewing because, you know, who doesn't like beer? Like, I already liked beer at that point. And I was like, like, well, I know a little bit about this biochemistry stuff. Let me try this. And, you know, I just stuck with it as a hobby. And eventually, like, um, 
Yeah, I, I, I graduated with a, I graduated from UMBC with a degree in um, uh, psychology, uh, starting like uh, anatomy and physiology of psychology. I went to uh, Boston. I uh, did a post-baccalaureate program at Tufts. And I got pretty, pretty quickly decided that I really didn't like the lab life. I, I just really wanted, I really wanted to try entrepreneurship. You know, I, I was already brewing like a like a lot of beer, <laughs> so I was like, "Well, why not? Well, why not try this? Because like this is something that you you clearly have passion for, and like makes you happy." So you know, here I am. <laughs> That's how I got into brewing. How I got into beer. Cool. I mean, when when I come across um, bench scientists and uh, folks who have lab experience who then get into brewing, um, I've noticed. Um, focus on uh, process note taking a lot of like methodical meticulous cleanliness um, very important um, I can say this because I'm married to um, a chemist who works in a lab and I was like has that sort of informed your approach both to home brewing and then scaling up uh, uh, yeah my science background has clearly influenced my ability to bring is brewing it really is just biochemistry. Um, really, you know, the field of microbiology was started by Louis Pasteur when he was working for Carlsberg. So it, it was definitely a, a really big advantage just having, you know, really good technique, having a very good understanding of like some more of some topics about biology and chemistry that your average brewer hasn't really touched on. Um, really getting appreciation for like um, proper like maintenance of, of lab equipment and like calibrating your stuff and crossing your eyes and or dotting your eyes and crossing your T's in terms of cleanliness. Um, because you know, working under sterile conditions is very difficult. Um, and just really being able to take all that, uh, discipline and knowledge and apply it to my beer really made it a lot better. And it definitely was one of the things that made me more confident about my recipes and my brewing process in general. I'll add that also, I feel like there's, there's certainly a trope, among that American college students um, love to drink bad beer, um, you know, like the cheap, inexpensive, fizzy yellow water, quote unquote, which, okay, fine. But at least, I mean, when I was an undergraduate, I went to school in Maine, which meant I had access to Allagash White, like when that was first blowing up, uh, Shipyard, which was like a British influenced brewery. They do like an all fuggles export IPA, like real heavy in the English styles, like, like, you, know, like you could drink a bunch of like Natty Light, but you could also drink this really cool porter. Like, what was it like for you at UMBC? Um, I mean, I feel like it was the same way. Um, it is mostly like the, the good beers come out first. <laughs> and then, you know, as, as, as the night goes on, the, the less expensive selection comes out. <laughs> yeah, like one of the things I found interesting is that um, this shipyard in Maine would pitch Ringwood yeast. And then moving back down here, one place and really maybe like one of the only places that you still see it, Pratt Street and Oliver Ailes. And that is where you ended up um, taking these recipes. What was what was that like? Um, like in terms of like becoming an entrepreneur, shopping around? Um, I mean, it, it was just a very confusing process. <laughs> Uh, I, I, you know, you just, you just gotta get out there. There's, there's no guide or anything to it. Really. It was just like, um, just going to Brewers Association of Maryland meetings, networking with people, asking around, comparing prices and just 
you know, and then I had to go and then I had to go look at their prices, look at like what's it gonna be with the situation, try to figure out like what I'm gonna need in terms of like logistics, like in terms of like how I'm gonna you know store everything and like that, and doing my spreadsheets, coming back, doing that back and forth, and then. <laughs> After you get pretty far into it with some people, sometimes uh, complications arise and, you know, it seems like it's not actually going to work out. And you have to go with a different company, but, you know, I've, I've been doing it for a bit now. Now I'm with the guys at PSA. They're, you know, they're excellent. They're top notch. So I'm glad where I ended up, but <laughs> the whole process is still kind of mystifying. You know, there's a lot of haziness in, in business always, it seems. And with anything, it seems, there's a lot, especially when you're, you know, you're pushing yourself. There's always going to be, you know, some uncertainty going forward. But So you get added degree of difficulty points because you launched this brand, Joyhound Beer Company, during a pandemic. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, our first batch of beer was in October of 2019, and we were draft only. And then coronavirus hit. <laughs> it was just like, oh, like draft went away, and the bills are still coming in. I'm like, okay, I guess we're doing cans now <laughs> because I have to. So it taught me to be adaptable. You know, you got you got to be flexible, willing to change to what life throws at you in order to, to in order to thrive. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. Cause like I had all these plans about, well, we were like, we we're going to have all this momentum cause we we're a brand new brand. I'm going to do all these tastings and I go to these public events. And then it's just like, no, that's actually not happening. So I had to throw away every like plan I had immediately. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the stickers, the koozies, the, the tap, the tap takeovers, the seal, the steel, the pint glass, all of that went away. And it is just, it was just, it just made everything so much harder because, you know, it was just, it was a situation where literally it was just a new brand that came out of nowhere when I was putting, getting my cans out there and it just goes on the shelf and, and there's, there's no, there's no festivals, there's no tastings. It's just like, we're just here now. So it was a lot to, a lot to learn and a lot to survive. I mean, there was a, there was, I think, a little bit of leeway that I got because uh, initially during like the start of lockdown, there was a, a big increase in can sales. So I think maybe that helped me a little bit, but mostly it, it was just a slog and it's pretty brutal. And, you know, you never really know how things are going to turn out, but I am where I am now. Yeah. Like you're, you're still here, but I mean, for the listeners, some of the minutiae I think is interesting to me. You've got this company you can slap on keg collars, but all of a sudden you're looking at 12 or 16 ounce cans and you need artwork. Like, you know, you need, you need the wrap. And so how, how did, how did you approach that? Uh, literally when I, I had been going out um, and giving out samples for the kegs and I was contacted by a local artist, um, Sebastian Sangular, And he just was like, you know, give me a shot. I want to do graphic design. And I was like, all right, let's give this guy a shot. And then he did the label art for Pinsir. I'll bring that can up. This is our first beer. Got a nice. That's like the the Belgian golden style? Yeah, Belgian pale ale. Got the nice Maryland blue crab on there. But he did this artwork and we thought it was great. So uh, that's me and my family. Uh, And so we decided to continue working with him. Um, and yeah, we just built a relationship from there and he's done all the, the can labels for us. 
the uh, the Joyhound logo that was done by Sarah Marks. She's a DC area artist. Uh, of course, we credit the artists on the on the label. So if you're ever interested, you can just look on the label and see. This brings me to I think is like one of the more interesting things that I noted about Joyhound is that for a lot of contract brands. You're looking at like really like one or two beers, one or two beer styles, one or two SKUs in the industry parlance. And like you really try and like dial those in and push those out. You launched, I mean, we're looking at four, five different beers. Um, so we launched with just Penser very quickly in uh, 2020. Um, we added uh, Oba IPA in um, it was May. Uh, and then uh, in that October, we added JJ Sour. And then the next year in uh, 2021, we added uh, Foggy Chesapeake. That's our fruited hazy double IPA. And then that same year, we added Foggy Harbor. So, you know, I wanted to uh, I wanted to try out the styles quickly. I wanted to get through them. I wanted uh, and like get them out there because at this stage in the business, I really I really need to get feedback on you know what does the market like about what products I'm putting out there. And so I wanted to, you know, just uh put I wanted to, you know, put the put the beers out there and get people people's opinion on them. In the future, we are uh reducing the SKUs. We've actually stopped production of Pencer and JJ Sour. So, you know, we are cutting back, but I really just wanted to get them out there, you know? Interesting that the the Belgian Pale Ale got cut. That seems to be like an industry wide trend is that at least Consumers don't really know what to make of them. You know, like DC Brow downgraded the Citizen from a flagship um, to this very occasional thing. They're going to be bringing it back um, later on this year. But I mean, for not for a non-Belgian brewery, there are issues of yeast management and what you want to focus on. I I just it's just it's unfortunate. It's just a style that's um, not as popular. But at the same time, the ones that are established are really well known and people want to gravitate towards those. Um, it's also a style where people really want the, you know, they want a Belgian beer from Belgium a lot of the time. And it's it, it makes it for me, for my situation, it just made it really hard for me to compete with that style. Um, but again, also, it's just like an industry trend. Like you said, it's it's not as popular anymore. A lot of those beers are getting cut unfortunately um but you know the <laughs> this is what it is I mean, these 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 things go in cycles i mean west you know i two two years ago didn't see a whole lot of west coast ipas now i see yours oba uh it's, it's certainly certainly on on the comeback even like the, the hazy kings and other half make make you know they make one it's it's nice to see clear ipa again i'm, I'm glad that other people still love <laughs> Hey, uh, the the West Coast IPAs, like you said, I'm glad that that style's made a resurgence. It's that that's that to me. That's like the the West Coast IPA. That's the quintessential like modern American uh, craft beer style. Um, I'm so gl- I'm so glad that so many people like my interpretation of it. That's it's it's so incredibly flattering. Um, just that's like hops, hops, and crisp malt. How, how how can you not like that? It's just amazing. Yeah, I mean, it seems like to me as someone who shops for beer, in addition to, you know, talking and writing and blogging about it, Oba looks like the flagship. How did how did you go about deciding on the hopping for that particular beer? Did, like, did that 
start in homebrew and like it's been with you since then um so it's uh really over ipa is not based on one ipa recipe it's really an amalgamation of um <laughs> an untold number of ipas i've done in the past um i really i brewed a lot and i got really down to you know the the malt bill that i liked uh, which is just a mostly uh pale pale ale malt and some crystal malt with some there's a little bit of flaked wheat in there. Um, and then I really got down my percentages on that. Um, and as for the, the hopping schedule, um, it's it's been changed a little bit each time, but the, the actual hops that I used that have been the consistent since the second batch. I really just, you know, that was just trial and error over a lot of years. Um, right now it's it's uh, Columbus Citra, Simcoe, Eldorado, Centennial. I just got through that combination through trial and error. Uh, uh, Columbus and Centennial, those are just classic West Coast hops with classic flavor. Citra and Simcoe, um, those are their, those are some newer comers, which are also amazing. Um, and El Dorado, that's one of my favorite hops. I had to put that one in there. Uh, I have to use that. That's just an amazing. It, it it gives like that fruity, very sweet flavor. I, I, I can't get enough of that in IPA, so it had to be in my IPA. Interesting. Yeah, like I know like um, maybe a couple of years ago, um, Flying Dog did an all El Dorado double IPA, which is kicking off notes of like mango, but like also white pepper. Like it was just really interesting. So El, El Dorado, I like that. How did you come to be in the D.C. area as opposed to like, say, like just like Baltimore and, you know, like maybe like Harford County over here, Howard County over there? I have a history with D.C. Um, I used to be at least live in uh, Montgomery County, um, in the DC suburbs, uh, Col- Colesville. My parents, uh, they both used to work at Howard University, so uh, I was there at that, that place for a lot of summers. Um, it's just I, I know it's a great city. I know it's a great market, so I had to I had to be in the market, and you know I, I went through the process of you know getting us you know all of our stuff cleared to go to DC. And then, oh, like not too long after that happens, you know, I get contacted by Trader Joe's and they're interested in picking up my beer. It's just like, what's all this happening? This is amazing. And then like they picked it up and it's amazing. The people of D.C. have shown us so much love and Wardman Wines also picked up our beer at that time also. So that was great, too. And it's just like, wow. You know, I really, I really had a lot of high hopes for DC, and you know, I've not been disappointed. I've always loved the city. Um, like I said, you know, I, I'm, I consider myself to be from the area, and things just worked out really well. So, no, like it's, it's been good to see, you know, DC come through. My first encounter with Joy Hound was at the Union Market Trader Joe's, and I was like, oh, there's this contract brand. They've got like four or five styles, and usually when I see it, like a new contract brewery pop up. So I've had like one, maybe two. And I was like, ah, interesting. All right. But I think it's... it's maybe they had a better ability to do test marketing before before they came to market than I did. Now I was just you now shooting from the hip. Yeah, but they're like, it's... I mean, they more or less like cold called you. They're like, hey, Joyhound out of Baltimore. Like, send us beer? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I worked really hard. I went to a lot of festivals. I did some interviews. I... I, you know, got contacted with people. They were, you know, putting me on the names for all the Blackberry list and all those things. So between all those things, I don't know how, but someone over there, they, they, they saw me, they were interested, and 
you know, it's been a good relationship. Yeah, it's cool. Like, you know, you've been out there grinding and working and like just, you know, to see it pay off like that. It's nice. So what's next in terms of like introducing any new styles? Do, do you aspire to a brick and mortar brewery at some point? Yes. I aspire one day to have my own my own shop. I would I would love to just be in the brewery all day. That would be the dream for me. In terms of what's next, uh, I I don't really have a date set for it. I can't you know promise anything, but I really want to do a successor to the JJ Sour, um, which we recently just put out of production. Um, the next sour, I would like to do something fruited because you know that's very popular, and I I've uh, come. To like that style a lot myself to really appreciate it probably i don't know in the future <laughs> i can't give a date for now i'm still working on it you know i really like to i really like to get my recipes you know done well because i like my beer to be remain you know like drinkable and like uh for so yeah a new sour is what i'm working on but no date yet excellent all right Thank you, Alfred. Alfred Rotimi, Joyhound Beer Company, Trader Joe's, Warman Wines, Craft Beer Cellar, perhaps other spots as well. If you're in the Maryland, if you're in the Maryland portion of our listening area, you got some more options there too. Alfred, thank you so much. Specifically, uh, Laurel, if you're in that area, you can go to get my beer at Total Wine now. Excellent. So, yeah, so Total that's Wine, a good location for the DC people too. Yeah, that's a good one to hit. Um, people are, are going there anyway for various. Um, beer wine spirits needs because the Potomac total wine is wine and beer and not spirits because it's Montgomery County. Um, both Alfred and I know how Montgomery County goes, but that is a separate podcast <laughs> issue. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Thanks so much, Alfred. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. We're back. Brandy, what other events are on your radar coming up? Thanks for asking, Jake. So, I personally, there. I mean, there's all there are always lots of beer events going on, but personally, I'm looking forward to the plant swap at Three Stars this weekend. Because uh, if you follow me on socials, you see that I'm a crazy plant lady, and I adore Lynn, and I love that she started this plant pop up and the plant swap. So check out Three Stars um, for all the details. But they they tend to have this once a month or once every couple months. So the plan swap is also always really nice and everyone's just really friendly and you get plants. So win, 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 win. And there's beer. So duh, <laughs> no brainer. And not this coming week, week, but on March 28th, there is an event that I am going to beeline to. So as you may know, and as Mike Stein mentioned previously, it is Women's History Month. And Erica at Craft Beer Cellar on Age Street Northeast has put together this fantastic event that will be held at one of my favorites, Other Half Brewing in Ivy City. This is a ticketed event, but the mere $32 gets you four eight-ounce pours and includes a tip and, most importantly, a donation to the Pink Boot Society. But what makes this event spectacular is the panel of phenomenal women who will be speaking answering questions, and just being their cool selves and hanging out during the event. The superstar list of women include Emily Brown of Andy's Pizza, one of my favorites, Imani Collier, owner and CEO of Urban Garden Brewing, DC Beer's own Sarah Jane Curran, who is the boss podcast woman behind Beer Me Radio, Katie Marisic, the Brewers Association Director of Federal Affairs, Gina Ryder Beardsley of June Shine, 
Mari Rodella, co-owner of DC Brow and an incredible human. Shout out to Mari. And Aaron Tylan of Legends and the spectacular Lily Schultz, who is the head brewer over at Right Proper Shaw. This event is happening on the evening uh, of Monday, March 28th. So get your tickets by going to Craft Beer Cellar, um, or you can just find, find them on social media and figure out the ticket situation from there. But um, it's going to be so awesome. I mean, the list of women that's going to be there is just uh, alone. It's just exciting. And you get to have other half beer. So I'm jazzed about it. Uh, is there anything going yeah. on that you know, Mike Stein? Well, I'll just say um, that on top of the other half Pink Boot Society event sounding incredible, if you want to do your homework, you can listen to episode 125, where Brandy speaks with Brewer Schultz, the lead brewer at Right Proper Brew Pub Shaw. And, uh, you know, you've got the Holder interviewing Schultz interview on episode 125. So go to dcbeer.com, do your homework, get a little uh, education before going to the other half event, and then enjoy, uh, you know, your four eight-ounce samples. It sounds amazing. Um, there's maybe even the potential for like breakout groups or something. I was reading the event description today and it's like, expect small groups, groups of eight. Uh, you know, it's like, I love it. Just the, the expectation management, right? It's such a thoughtful thing that it really seems like a dynamite event. Um, but I'll say if you're interested, go to dcbeer.com, check out Brandy's interview, uh, with Brewer Schultz. Um, Jake, is there anything, uh, any additional plugs that we missed here? I got one more, and that is um, before we all take a pretty cool fancy bus up to Frederick for the Maryland Craft Brewers Festival, the Brewers Association of Maryland is putting on Love Thy Beer at the Silver Spring Civic Center Friday, April 8th. That is metro accessible. This was originally supposed to be in February. Um, Omicron came and pushed that back, and it was originally supposed to be as a sort of like yeah, we know Boo Omicron and Boo BA2, that's coming up too. Um, at one point, it was going to be this like sort of like winter warmer stout porter showcase. But since it's spring has sprung, maybe we'll see some Hallis, some Mybox, probably a couple stouts, a couple IPAs as well. But we're looking at like 30-ish Maryland breweries. Um, I would say Act Now Food is in, from McGinty's Public House in downtown Silver Spring. They've hosted beer dinners before. They know a thing or two about a thing or two. We have details and links up on tcbeer.com. And of course, if you want a road trip with us, do that too. dc.beer slash road trip. It's going to be fun. For real. Like, I'm so yeah. excited about it. I'm so excited about oh, but look it. Look at that. It's nice outside. Everyone's mood should have improved until at least the allergies come and knock us out that way. That's right. Yeah, it's 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 out it's outside drinking time. It's lovely. I have allergies That's all right. year, so I don't even care anymore. <laughs> Bring the allergies <laughs> on. Just give me the sun. <laughs> Drink a beer outdoor. Make your disposition sunnier. Enjoy responsibly. Make sure you follow us at DC Beer across social media. Check out dcbeer.com and we'll see you on the flippy floppy. Brandy, take us out. What do you got? Support your women. Support women brewers, support all the small businesses owned by women, support black owned businesses, just support. Be good humans and come out and and drink beer with people and and just be awesome. See y'all next time. Stay classy, DC. <laughs> and thank you again, Alfred and Joy Hound. Thanks, Alfred. Woo! Stay classy, DC. 